0: Hi guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of Three Four Three. I'm your host Ev. Uh, welcome back to Jason, Mubin, and Nikita. Also, a special welcome back to John Shin. Glad you guys could all make it. Uh, everybody doing good, John? You must be enjoying the sunshine over there. It's it's freezing cold over here in, in South Africa, but uh, yeah, you must be loving the sun over uh, in, no, in the you states. Know what?
1: No, 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 no. I am. I do not. I'm. Me and the sun. We don't get along. Uh, I sweat <laughs> excessively, and uh, I miss the cold. Actually, I know in London they're absolutely dying from the heat wave. New York is kind of similar. We're actually experiencing our first heat wave now. It is disgusting here in New York City. But other than that, we're doing well. As you can tell, I'm in the car. Uh, it's gonna be. It's, yeah. it's gonna be a fun one.
0: Yeah, Nikita, you just got back from the
2: UK. How was, was the heat over there? Absolutely preposterous. <laughs> it was like you were breathing <laughs> water. So very happy to be home in chilly, bitingly cold Town, but much more comfortable than what I was last week. So very happy.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, so uh, with, with, with our, as with our last episode, uh, we'll just be centering the podcast uh, around everything off-season chat, uh, transfer news, where, where certain clubs are now that we've got a, a few pre-season games uh, under the belt. Um, yeah, John, I think I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, Manchester United played three games so far in pre-season, one or three of them, the, the last of which came today, earlier today. Uh, what are your thoughts about what you've seen so far in this pre-season and how do you think these new signings that we've made already end up fitting into anything how
1: plans First things first I think for me um, I want a full disclaimer uh, you know I'm usually very whenever I'm doing anything content related to Manchester United I always want to make sure that I'm 100% upfront and honest. I've not been able to catch the games fully all of them because here in New York City the time zone has been absolutely preposterous and all every time the game has been live I'm actually I've actually been at work. And sometimes I'll get a cheeky session and I'll go into the bathroom and watch it happen or something like that. But actually I've really just not been able to find any time to watch the preseason games. So I've actually had to go back home and rewatch it and watch the highlights and things like that. Um, I think you get a different perspective when you're actually watching it live versus watching a replay versus highlights. But what I've been able to gather from what I've seen so far is that Manchester United definitely seem to be upping the tempo. They definitely seem to be upping some sort of intensity and, I know it's uh, early days, but there seems to be some sort of plan. This, 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 pro- this progression of plan that's being laid by Eric Ten Hag with respect to the style of play that he wants to show- that he wants to showcase with respect to the players that he has. And of course, we're you know we're taking we played against the Liverpool that was you know we actually had an earlier preseason starting. We played against Crystal Palace, played against Melbourne. These teams, of course, is a friendly, so there's we're obviously not jumping the gun and we're not getting ahead of ourselves. But it's definitely exciting. You know, you, I've been one of the biggest opponents of Anthony Martial since his career started at Manchester United. I've been backing him for some time, but unfortunately, he's been uh, a bit of a letdown, to, to, to be quite honest with you. And this preseason, he's been nothing short of uh, exciting. He's been looking really good and really sharp. He scored three and three. You know, he scored three goals in three games, and I've been getting absolutely dragged in the dirt by Twitter saying that Martial is going to score 30 goals this season. And things like that are exciting for us fans to see. You know, as much as I, I want to be proven wrong, it is good to see Manchester United players doing well. You know, these players are all, you know, in Latin, they say the word tabula rasa, which is clean slate. All these players under Eric Ten Hag is going to start with a clean slate. And that's promising for me because we're all starting with uh, this idea that Manchester United is going to be starting with, I don't, I don't want to say no expectation, but, openness to this idea that Eric Ten Hag is going to need time. And same for these players. They're going to start on their new manager with this new identity. And I'm all for it. I'm, I'm really excited to see what we can do this season. Not excited in the sense that we're going to just stomp everybody and we're going to win the league. Excited in terms of seeing what Eric Ten Hag can show us. You know, over the years, we've not been able to see this clear identity. And if Eric Ten Hag can instill that upon the players within this season and show to the fans that we have something to fight for, not fight for trophies, but fight for here. You know what I mean? The heart. I'm all
0: for it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Like, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, for, like, I've watched two out of the three games uh, live. And in that first game, the the game against Liverpool, I mean, that first 10 to 20 minutes, the amount of pressing that we were doing, and I, I don't think we were giving any of the Liverpool players any time on the ball. Um, so that was nice to see, like, straight, straight off the bat. Uh, showing Erich uh patterns of play and how he wants this team to play, and every single game has gotten better. I watched the the, the Crystal Palace uh, game today as well, and it's it's just like you mentioned intensity, and they, the, the intensity that they played with today, it was so good Like they, they hardly give uh, any of the opponent players time on the ball, and that's something that we thought we were going to get under Ralph Ragnik last season. Um, but the players probably just didn't want to buy into any sort of idea from a manager that's going to be gone after six months. So, yeah, it was, it was quite nice to see and hopefully more of the same and uh, like hopefully we, we, we start the season off strong. Yeah, you know, I just
1: want to include a little bit about the whole the Rangnick bit. You know, I think, yeah, Manchester United players and the fans, we kind of felt like, ah, oh, he's not going to stay long-term, so let's not give him whatever we want. And it felt dull. But I think the clear, the clear contrasting difference between managers like Rangnick uh, versus maybe somebody like Eric Ten Hag is that you can feel the energy. I don't know if people listening. I don't know if people watching from home. You can feel that you, you understand what I'm talking about. But with Eric Ten Hag and the, the way that he manages, the way that he coaches, he's very interactive. He's very um, hands-on approach. And you can clearly feel the aura uh, of demand, the aura of authority, the presence. You can feel that from Eric Ten Hag. Some people might say, you know, John, at the end of the day, winners are winners. You know, you can look like a schmuck but still win. Sure, I get that. But with Eric Ten Hag, when, you can, when we get these clips of him managing, when we, when we get the clips of him, you know, running up and down the touchline, screaming instructions, you feel the authority. You can, you can kind of feel that energy and the presence about him. And certain people, they exhibit these, these qualities as, as part of their uh, leadership identity. And I, you can really clearly feel that from Eric Ten Hag. And that's why I love somebody like like Eric Ten Hag and what he's doing right now. So, I'm all for Eric Ten Hag. I'm on this train.
3: Yeah. John, so... Okay, uh, go ahead. Is it going to be a full back tattoo, lower back,
0: shoulder blade? (laughs) Oh, the tattoo.
1: (laughs) Oh, I see what we're talking about. Uh, (laughs) Um... First uh, first of all, I when I was on All for United, uh Karthik just kind of threw it on me, but it was it was fun. I said that if if Martial scores 30 Premier goals, I will get a tattoo. I am my word, he scores thirty Premier League goals. As soon as he scores that 30th goal, I am booking that flight to Manchester and I'm getting a tattoo. Um, an American. I, I don't know if this is allowed to be said, but you call it a tramp stamp. It's right on the lower, right above the hip, on yeah. the lower. You know, yeah. right there. That's where I would get it. Nice little, you know, picture of Anthony Martial's face right there,
2: right there. Don, cool. yeah. I was there when Anthony Martial scored his debut brace against Liverpool in at Old Trafford, in the United end, I might add, and he looked the business. I, he's obviously had you know some personal issues over the last couple of years, but. If he gets his head straight, I think you might be walking around with a trap step next time on the beach. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I look, but that's the thing. But that's the thing. As a Manchester United fan, I would love to be proven wrong. Last season, I've been so fed up with what we were seeing, what we were being given and fed as Manchester United fans. Seeing this lethargic, clueless style of play, talking about midfield dominance. There was zero midfield presence at all from Fred. And he turned his season around and he was one of the shining stars of last season. And I was so happy to be proven wrong. People on Twitter were like, John, you're an absolute bella and you're a nub You know, you were wrong about Fred whatnot. I'm fine with being called that. We were, we saw, and nobody can deny to me what we saw from Manchester United, the absolute dog poo poo stinker of a performance that they were showing week in, week out. And when, when I was proven wrong, I'm happy to be proven wrong. You know what I mean? If Martial can do that, I'm happy. I will – if I can beat him, I will shake his head and I will have him sign the tramp stamp. You know what I mean? I, I don't mind that. You know, I would love to be proven wrong. You know what I mean? But it, well, from what we've seen so far, his low move to Sevilla was an absolute stinker. We, what we saw prior to his low move from st- oh, from Sevilla, he looked absolutely clueless. And the you kid, know, you're right. If he, if he can get his head straight, that'd be great. But, uh, you know, I've still yet to be convinced that that's going to happen.
0: Okay. Did, um... did...
4: Hey, okay, sorry, just, just before we go, somebody needs to timestamp this. Uh, we we have to get this little clip. And I'm I'm, have... I'm
0: clipping this. I'm clipping this, and I'm, will, and I'm posting this on Twitter.
4: We will Fabrizio Romano this thing. <laughs> Here, we Here we go. And we will make sure that we have to keep this guy do his work. But yeah, yeah,
0: let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, I was just going to bring up the 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 small detail of Cristiano Ronaldo. If he stays, what does that do to Antti Martial? Nobody wants Doesn't Cristiano Ante at the mean, moment. Nobody wants. What, you.
2: what does that do to Eric Ten Hag? I think is the bigger question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you see, but and I think and I think this whole conversation about Cristiano Ronaldo, I think it's going to be very interesting. Let's be honest. When it comes to talking about Cristiano Ronaldo, everybody walks on eggshells because he is this this deity like figure at Manchester United, right? He's this guy that. Won the Ballon d'Or, he's arguably the GOAT when it comes to the world of football, and he's really difficult to talk about, right? But let's face the facts: when Cristiano Ronaldo rejoined Manchester United, we weren't getting prime seventy goals a season, Cristiano Ronaldo. We were getting a Cristiano Ronaldo that he was that's been delicate. He's been trying to figure out how to play post prime Ronaldo. He's been sort of waning down. He's been slowing down. He's been being a lot more. He's being a bit more careful with his style of play. It's not the same CR7 that we had when we were back in 2009. That being said, when people questioned Christian, or was he going to be a benefit? At the end, he turned out to be a benefit in, in, in face value, right, because he scored the goals, right? And people were saying that, you know, he scored a lot of goals, he proved the haters wrong, whatever. But let's, let's be real. Let's all the nostalgia and the face value vibes aside, came and scored goals, there were still attached baggages that came with Cristiano Ronaldo. All the players around them had to readjust. The manager had to readjust. I honestly still to this day believe that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did not know that he was, was going to get Cristiano Ronaldo and then all of a sudden his play, plans changed and his identity and all that stuff that he had to work around. I think it all changed. And I honestly feel that like Cristiano Ronaldo rejoining potentially, while it's easy to say that he scored great goals and it w- was a benefit, also came with massive baggages. We see that now. We see the impact. We feel the impact. And to me, Cristiano Ronaldo, if he doesn't leave, that's fine. Whatever. My main real focal point will be Eric Ten Hag and Cristiano Ronaldo. How will Eric Ten Hag manage Cristiano Ronaldo? Because everybody that's telling me right now is saying that Cristiano Ronaldo is not going to walk back into this side. Jadon Sancho, Marcus Rashford, and Anthony Martial are looking absolutely delicious right now, that front three. I'm all for it. I don't know if Cristiano Ronaldo will slot right back in and and give the same kind of output. He's obviously not even been in preseason. So, there's always going to be Christian questions asked. Is Eric Hag going to be able to manage that kind of ego, that kind of um, er- Cristiano Ronaldo, who is all about CR7, the CR7, the goat, CR7, the, the, the Ballon d'Or, multiple Ballon d'Or winner, CR7, the brand, the underwear, everything about CR7? Is he going to be manageable? Is Eric Tenha going to be answering? Is the club always first or anything else? He's going to have that big battle ahead of him. And that's what I'm looking forward to watch. I'm nervous, but I want to see how that happens. Because if Cristiano Ronaldo plays, let's be honest, if he plays and he starts playing like a stinker and he doesn't fit into the side, he has to be pulled out. And if, God forbid, in my case, if Martial starts coming back in and he starts firing goals left, right, and center, then Cristiano Ronaldo has to sit on the bench, whether he likes it or not. And Manchester United fans are going to be closely watching how Eric Ten Hag manages this because if, if Eric Ten sits Cristiano Ronaldo and he starts being petulant and he starts saying shit and Eric Ten Hag goes, Manchester United, the club, comes first, Manchester United fans will be relieved to hear that because, wow, we have a manager who's able to, you know, uh, assert his authority. And that's even more authority than we were just talking about before. So I'm really curious to see how Cristiano Ronaldo fits into this side right now.
2: I must say, as an outsider looking in, um, I think, honestly, that if Ronaldo says your club will be torn in two. And I don't think Ten Hag will survive Will survive that. Because you, un- unfortunately, I mean, you know it. Like, there are so many United fans who became Real Madrid fans just because CR7 went there after he left United. Mm-hmm. Your fan base will be torn down the middle when a guy like Ten Hag starts benching, if it's even possible, benching CR7. And the thing is, last season, CR7 scored the goals. He banged in the goals. It might not have necessarily been the right thing for the team, for the for the greater development of the group but he banged in the goals and yeah I just don't think Ten Hag needs that additional burden he's already got the weight of having to get Manchester United out of a decade-long crisis let's be honest it's a crisis now (laughs) it's been a decade he doesn't need having that competitive alpha male energy in the dressing room and on the pitch as well so I think for the sake of I think he needs to go he needs to go
1: I mean, if it's going to cause Eric Tannock more problems, why does he need it, right? I, I would rather Cristiano Ronaldo leave. I, I saw a report like a week ago about how there was a Saudi club that was looking to purchase him for about thirty million. and he was going to be paid two, two seasons. He's going to be paid 250 mil. Why not? Why the hell not? Manchester United should have been moving like that. But of course, exactly what's going on behind the scenes. We have no idea if it's genuinely, truly a family matter. We have no idea. So we can only speculate. But if he's going to but this all—we're all talking in, in um in uh, projections here. We're all talking hypotheses and ifs and buts. Mm-hmm. But if Cristiano Ronaldo does stay and if he does cause problems for for Eric Ten Hag, then that shouldn't be Eric
0: Ten Hag's issue to be worrying about. Manchester United should be moving him on. Mm-hmm. Period. 100. Yeah, on. it's going to be interesting to see how that one progresses. But uh, moving on from Manchester United now, Nikita with Mane gone. And a few new faces in that front line. Is it yeah. a case of them starting from scratch, finding ke- chemistry with each other? Does club know after these? Uh, I don't know how many games have, have they played already. Three games.
2: Two. Okay.
0: Two games. Yeah. Like where does where does club go from here?
2: Look, I think like the best thing we did was, you know, kind of bamboozle Spurs to get Diaz in in Jan. You know, he's had six months with us, and I personally think he's been absolutely fabulous to integrate into a clock team as quickly as he did. We've not seen that before. I mean, we've seen Fabinho with Thiago, all the best guys, you know, kind of take six months to integrate. So it was really good to see Diaz hit the ground running. (laughs) Um, I mean, Mane is obviously a big loss, he's goals, he's energy, he's dynamism, he's a very, very poor first touch, but, you know, he's still Mane, and he's been part of, you know, the, this kind of six-year six legacy that I think, you know, has been one of the big highlights in, in our club's history, and you will obviously be missed, but I think, you know, people, there's been a lot of criticism of Darwin Nunes <laughs> over two games, and I'm not sure why, I don't know if anybody complete, Everyone's completely forgotten about what he saw in the Champions League last season. He mightily impressed me, and I think he adds a new dynamic to our front three. You know, we still have people underestimate. We still have the likes of Jota, and you underestimate that he scored 20 goals last season. You know, um, we still have Bobby Firmino, who I think will be uh, re-prioritized, not in the front three, but probably in the midfield position this season, just because we have. Eighty-year-old midfielders across the line there. but I, I'm not. I'm not too concerned. Uh, Liverpool will and always will be goals. You know, it's not like Rafa Benitez is coaching us again, so uh, I'm not concerned about that. I am concerned about the midfield engine. But it does keep me awake at night. Uh, um, and you know, I, I think if we leave it past the season, I think Jude Bellingham will probably end up at the likes of a bigger. Uh, I wouldn't say a bigger club, but a, probably a club that can offer you more money. You know, Real Madrid or. You know, Manchester City or something like that next season. So I really do hope we land him. But if not, I'm very happy going into the season because, again, it will be a title run, but not a title win. I just think City have improved too much uh, in that regard. And uh, hopefully we can bag a couple more trophies. But yeah, we'll have, a, we all have a, um, a season outlook in another episode, I'm sure closer <laughs> to the top. I
0: saw that charters. Um, might miss the starting of the season though so
2: yeah 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 uh you might uh also Allison probably will but i mean alison misses the start of every season i think he goes to brazil and he like wrestles like buffalo or something i don't know what mm-hmm. he does but he always comes back injured um <laughs> but yeah i'm i'm confident i think the guys have had a good preseason. i mean like i mean manchester united you guys are still in australia right we came back went yeah. from training camp and i think that's also very important because we've got you know, a couple of new faces as well and a couple of young guys that toured with us, so uh, I'm comfortable. You know, we've got Community Shield we also use as a big, proper, you know, pre-season game. So, yeah, I think I think we'll have enough of a proper starting eleven to to, to start off the season. Um <laughs> And then we have this strange, like season, what is a season three or four of the strange footballing seasons? Because we have like 500 games between now and November. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be another. interesting uh,
0: uh, And then it's the World Cup break as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. And then like uh, 150 games after you come back from the World Cup. So it's going to be an interesting, another interesting year. But really, I just wish for some normalcy now. Just a normal one game, two games a week type of. Type of thing, not <laughs> like when you're trying to play FPL and you've got like four fixture, four fixtures, four fixtures in a week or something. That's that's <laughs> insane. I've
0: actually been noticing a lot of Genie Wijnaldum tweets on my timeline lately, saying that he hasn't yeah. been, he's been left out of the squad uh, for PSG's pre-season turn. Do you think yeah. that's something that Liverpool will go near again?
2: Look, I, I don't think so. I think Liverpool's now the, you know, the owners have reached their cap on how many 30-plus-year-olds they can actually give contracts to. So I think, you know, Gini, rightly or wrongly, you know, he made a decision to go there. The grass is obviously now not been greener. It's it's very, very sad because I think he's a fantastic athlete, fantastic contributor. I mean, if you guys recall, when he was in Newcastle, we signed him, he was a winger. And he basically became a hybrid CDM uh, box-to-box kind of player for us. So, I think my act of having a lot of love and a lot of respect for him, but I, I don't think that's a, a calling home that's going to happen. Look, maybe he'll go to the two. <laughs> maybe yes. he'll come back to England and I think Saudi money. contribute. Yeah, Saudi mm. money. Um, but, oil, on but on the topic of PSG... Oil and oil. Oil mixes, guys. But on the topic of PSG and Ronaldo, why doesn't PSG just give us what we all want? Messi
0: and Ronaldo, Ronaldo. Ronaldo. so Ronaldo, we can Ronaldo. see Messi and yeah. Ronaldo. Out. Let the oh, fairytale end
2: in the best way possible. In the worst way. It'll capitulate. I think that old... You no, know, it will be amazing. Explode.
0: It will be absolutely amazing. <laughs> I'm I'm here for that.
2: <laughs> all <is> day. <laughs> Jonas laughing. He wants Cristiano to stay so that Martial doesn't score 30 goals.
4: Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's thinking of was a already. <laughs>
1: I don't uh, look, I don't mind. I don't mind Cristiano Ronaldo staying uh, as long as he causes. As long as he's a benefit. If he, but if he goes yeah. to PSG, that's great. You know, I mean, we all want to see that. I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't I, don't, yeah. I, but I think no, PSG no, have made no. enough mistakes.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you bang on there. They've made enough mistakes.
0: Yeah. Um, moving on to another oil club, which is Manchester City. Uh, Jason, what do you have for us?
4: Um, first, I'd like to send my thanks to Man City for sending to them. um As an <laughs> Arsenal fan, I'm quite excited. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think every year when we talk about EPL, or we talk about the Premier League and we talk about how every season just gets better and better, it's because teams are strengthening, obviously, right? And now City acquire an, an out-and-out striker in Erling Island, probably one of the best at this moment in time in that under-23 Age bracket even could be out of that bracket, but still one of the hottest prospects, hottest players at this moment in time. The last two or three seasons, maybe they sign a wonder kid, Julian Alvarez, and then they they just acquire little pieces that fit into Pep's system. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy because they've okay, not little pieces. When when I think about Calvin Phillips coming in as now Fernandinho is gone, they've literally just taken Fernandinho out, put Calvin Phillips in, Sanchenko coming to Arsenal, which should. I think should be confirmed maybe later at the end of this week. And now they they linked with uh Kukurelo or have, have been look, uh, linked with him for like ages now. So I think that will that will probably pick up now. So it's like everybody's strengthening. You know, Chelsea's even acquired some some good players. I mean Man, Man City is almost like this gift that just keeps on giving. I mean, Raheem Sterling, Gabriel Jesus, Sanchenko, these are these were all good parts in a wild old machine last year last season rather, and now they're just gone and it's like City don't look like they've weakened at all. <laughs> it seems like they've let those guys go and it's like, okay, we'll still compete. We'll still win our mandatory, what's it, like 30 or 34 games per season. It's like, it's, it's crazy. Um, but I think, I mean, saying all of that, if, if they're not pushing Champions League, if if they're not making final and not really winning that, then, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It seems like that's literally one of the only things that's stopping Pip now, and it's actually, yeah, maybe it's that yeah to curse, but yeah, good, man. They should have but
2: just but given the ice cake. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but I mean, guys, like let's be honest, like th- like think back. I-, I don't have much of a memory, but think back. Like when last have we seen English clubs? Okay, other than you know the crap like the, Bournemouth and the Burnleys of the world whenever we have seen, like, top six English clubs just be like, yeah, yeah, we go help me with my FFP and sell to another top six English club. I mean, it's been yeah. decades. And I am not we're not talking about is a legit, like, you know, fullback, you know, either side, yeah. actually. You know, Jesus yeah. is a 20-goal season striker. I mean, you know, <laughs> Raheem Sterling has, I can honestly say, developed astronomically since he left Liverpool and joined City. And they're just like, yeah, top six Rival, here we go. I mean, that the absolute like arrogance of it all is insane, and and yeah. it, and I, I mean, we spoke about this quite a bit last season, but it kind of just shows how dominant they are in this league. You know that they can, you know, let go of just level, like out to yeah. level out that level out that whole playing field, but still yeah, because all prepared. three of those players improve the clubs that they've gone to, the starting yeah. eleven of the clubs that yeah. they've gone to. And they're just like, yeah, no, we we cool. We we're like, all right. <laughs> it's, it's madness, yeah. man. It's yeah. madness. The,
0: the fact that like City could like tell Chelsea, and I mean, Chelsea is not a United at the moment that's like struggling or like trying to get back into that top four spot. Chelsea is like in, in that space already. So the fact that they can take, tell Chelsea, here's Raheem Sterling, one of the best winners in England, you can you can have him. And it's not even. It wasn't even that expensive. What, what was he? Forty-five million. Forty-five. Yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah, um, but I
2: also think, like, guys, I think like this this transfer window has really recalibrated transfer prices. Like, yeah. I, I know everyone's saying like, oh, forty-five, thirty-five for Mane, forty-five for Raheem, or whatever and maybe that, you know, 35 for Lewandowski or whatever he's going to go for. I'm so happy because this is the one good thing COVID has given us. It's just recalibrated <laughs> what people should actually be paying for players. Yeah. yeah. You know, 60 million for Darwin Unit, kind of reasonable, kind of expensive-ish, kind of reasonable, Erling Haaland. I mean, also a reasonable figure. Let's let's start 100%. the pitch. Yeah. yeah I, also the I also
3: think in the same breath, uh, as much as the fees or the figures are sort of... Uh, you know, brought back to normalcy, so to say. A lot of the guys are running down their contracts and not renewing. And I think that also plays a, a major part. I mean, Mane, I think Allen's contract was also run down. Uh, Lewandowski. Um, so I think that also plays a big part. And I think that's, a, we're seeing a lot of that. We, these major players or ma- major names, big names are running down their contracts. Um, so that's that's actually quite scary. Um, there's no loyalty <laughs> anymore to clubs. They go for three seasons, five seasons, and then you know they look for the next the next big paycheck, I suppose.
0: I guess I guess inside your mind is situation. He's won. He, he won everything that he was available, and it was more of a what more can I actually achieve here? Let me tie a different challenge in a different league. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, what what was he going to achieve at Liverpool uh, like for another season? Like, uh, and I, co- I completely understand like where he was coming from.
3: Yeah, agreed.
0: I mean, that's huh. there are many more. Um, I mean,
3: Mane is an exception, but there there yeah. are many more.
2: But I mean, you must also understand like a lot of these guys lost two years, right? Because there were a lot of there were no moves, very few moves over yeah. the COVID period. So these guys lost two years, and two years in footballing terms is, like, in my mind, is a decade of my working career. So, you know, I understand Lewandowski wants to play for Barcelona. I would also want to play for Barcelona and have that on my on my CV, you know, by the time I retire and he's at that age. Um, so, you know, I, for the older <laughs> guys, I, I totally understand. And, I mean, I think we can all agree. I mean, I'm just talking about the big guys but like Haaland, you know, he was being wasted in, in Germany, you know, the Farmers League, I mean, he was going to go to Bayern in the Champions League, you know, then, you know, I think he made he probably made the right move, and he's just a, a little bit sentimental because his dad played there as well, so yeah. I, yeah, I think, I, I hear what you're saying about the writing down contracts and so on, and I mean, Luke Salah, resigned for us, I'm pretty sure he'll leave at the end of the season anyway, um, and, and again, I don't know if that's a loyalty thing or just like get something else on your CV thing, but I'm just happy. I can't, don't have to talk about you know transfer fees over a hundred million pounds because that just makes me a bit nauseated. Unless Ronaldo moves to Saudi. Yeah, well, well we can that, do that, love that... love soccer to challenge with love golf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then we need, staying on the on the topic of running down contracts, you have Paul Pogba as well, which that entire situation just backfired on him completely. I think he. Was holding out for like a 14 million uh, contract from United. And then they didn't come to the party. They didn't offer him what he wanted. And then his contract ended and he ended up getting six million from Juventus. So, I mean, United, the the contract that United came to him with was 10 million. So, in in essence, he's made like a huge loss on what he could have been earning. yeah, yes, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles.
2: He doesn't have to live in Manchester though, so that's a win.
0: Yeah, he, he actually gets to go
4: somewhere where maybe his fans appreciate. It. I don't know. Maybe what what do I know? Maybe John can wait. I think he's had a lot to say. No,
1: about the, the whole thing about Paul Pogba. The whole thing about Paul Pogba is that it's it's just like the Cristiano Ronaldo situation. Paul Pogba. It's not so clearly one sided. It's not that Paul Pogba. Was hung on a and was victimized for all of Manchester United's failures. It's not just that Manchester United didn't build a team around them. It's not just that Paul Pogba's agent, um, former agent, rest in peace, is just. It's not that he was the one, you know, creating all this noise. It wasn't that Paul Pogba's twin brothers were always chatting shite about uh, about Manchester United. There's so many problems. Yeah. with Paul Pogba and Manchester United's relationships. I talk about it on any, on any sort of podcast, on any sort of show I always go on. When, when I'm asked about Paul Pogba, I say the same thing all the time. It's like it's like you're going out with, uh, with a girl. You're all, you're on a, you know, you've been going out. You've been dating for quite some time. And then you know, you're, you're getting fed up with each other. And then she says that you're fat. And then you say that her breath smells. And she says that, you know, I don't like your parents. And then you tell her, all these hurtful things are already said. And you can't take that back. The damage is done, you know. Wounds heals, but scars remain, and that was the relationship between Manchester United and Paul Pogba. And at this point, I think he's he's already collected all the money that he's wanted at Manchester United anyway. I think at this point, he just wants to feel loved, and he just wants to still feel yeah. loved at, you know with a relative amount of you know a competition at a competitive level. And Juventus is exactly the same place. We've seen that with Romelu Lukaku. He's realized he's even come out and said leaving Inter Milan was a mistake, literally pretty much severing any sort of remedial relationship that he might have had with Chelsea fans. He doesn't give a damn. He just wants to play ball. and He just wants to feel love. That's the same for Paul Pogba. He's going to go to Juventus. I saw he was doing some training session and he did some like flip-flat elastico and he packed it with a back heel. And Juventus fans were just like, oh my days, it's over. We're winning the whole fucking Scudetto everything. <laughs> <That's the> feel. <laughs> <laughs> What's the feel? And if that's what he wants, then let him have it. You know what I mean? At Manchester United fans would have loved to give him the same thing, but it just wasn't happening. So, you know, only good vibes. Uh, if Paul Pogba might succeed and he loves his, you know, relationship with Juventus fans, that's great. Manchester United finally offloaded a player that pretty much resembled uh, this sort of ineffectiveness and, and a lack of a, a lack of quality overall at Manchester United. So, you know, all parties concerned, I think it was a good move. I'm happy for him. if he, If he gets to... I think have fans loving him for freaking doing flip flops and elastic goals and training sessions. I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, I guess that's the, that's a nice note, note to end up off on over there. Uh, yeah, that's, that's all that we have for you guys today. Episode 22 of 343. Uh, Justin Rinder, if you are joining us for the first time, then please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SportyCast and give this video a like and a share. Hit that subscribe button below as well. And, um, yeah, we've been doing some player profile during the transfer window on Instagram and Twitter. So yeah, hop onto our pages, give us a like, give us a share. Um, it's just some, some things that we that, that we put together uh, for, for transfer, transfer targets and stuff. Um, but yeah, thanks you guys for pulling through. Always a pleasure. John, where can the viewers find you on social media?
1: Uh, You guys can come find me chatting absolute nonsense like I've done today at Mr. John Shin on Twitter. We just have good good vibes, always. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, I apologize. I had to do this over the car. Uh, This is the perfect time to wrap up because I see my coworkers walking back from lunch and they're staring at me like, what the hell am I doing? Uh, So this is the perfect time to wrap up, but guys, thank you for having me as always.
0: Cool, man. Hope to see more of you during the season. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully we'll be having happy tears this season instead of uh, sad ones. Um, But yeah, I'm A4343 and see you guys in a bit.